Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Hey, I'm Lucas, the host of Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Join me and friends each week as I discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real life conversations that all can find relatable. New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wondersoul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wondersoul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wondersoul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a next wave podcast and a bad cast company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30 and Nerdy Pod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. And now your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. and nerdettes this is the podcast where everyone knows your name cheers to you cheers to you i'm josh and i'm tyler and this is 30 and nerdy and we are coming at you from the fortress of nerditude with yours truly the registered nerd practitioner the founder of nerdledge the andy bernard of this office goodness gracious the mac and always great to be joined by my co-host, the juicy one, the the nerdorious JLD, the PhD of nerdology, Sergeant Sound Effect himself. Alexander Hamilton. My name is Alexander Hamilton. Mm. Not really. Just Not really. Just you wait. Hold you again, <laughs> Doctor Davis. Hey. All right, and if you're listening to us. Again, thank you. Welcome back. You were you were missed over the past few days. Missed you. We missed you. Uh, if you were tuning in for the first time, you can also catch us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you cast your pod, and of course our YouTube channel at Thirty and Nerdy Podcast. And we are also on Castbox FM and the fantastic website PodChaser.com. Cool thing about that site is you don't just have to rate whole shows you get to rate individual episodes that helps all podcasters know what you like and what you don't like and when you do rate us i hope that you will give us yes that would just be so sweet of you great and while you're listening tweet us using the hashtag three zero and nerdy pod 
let us know you're listening and maybe if you felt that we uh, should talk about something that you enjoy maybe it's Dragon Ball Z I'll have Josh uh, do a little studying for that maybe yeah, um, give me a while I'm dying that. for mm-hmm. someone to finally message us and go anime do something on anime and we both go uh. <laughs> um, for those you'd have to go listen to Wonder Soul for them they're the anime experts so, um, what's up, Doc? Hey, uh, it's it's great to be here. Great to see you. We're catching up, aren't we, on our this on our will shows put us here? Back on regular schedule. Finally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, school is out for me on Monday and Tuesday. This yeah, upcoming week. Sickness odd. is everywhere. Well, it's odd because sickness has been rampant in mm-hmm. this area, and counties left and right were yeah. were closing. It was just odd to read on uh, Facebook the other day, <laughs> in the middle of the week, that yeah. next Monday and Tuesday, yeah. you're out. It was very, when I read that post on Facebook, yeah. I was like, why not just... There was a lot of criticism for that. Uh, I think that the reason behind it is giving adequate time to parents to prepare doctor's appointments and yeah. alternate you know, babysitting yes. or yes. you know, whatever, whatever they need to do. Um, and I think that was sort of the, the reason behind that, but yeah. it was a, a little odd, I guess. Uh, but lots of schools are out. Uh, yeah. so everybody out there listening, stay, stay healthy. Wash your hands. A lot. Stop drinking after each other. And you know who else is sick? Oh no. But in a good way. Our friends over at Freddy Cat Productions. They are sick. They are sick. We uh, got to work on a really cool little special project this past weekend. It was fun. If you saw our Facebook post, we did a little live video from, mm-hmm. I from called the it stage. one of our homes away from home, yes. uh, especially for you. But we got to do a little project there with our friends at Freddy Cat Productions. They are a visual media company. They, mm-hmm. they produce feature films, documentaries, corporate videos, commercials, music videos, and weddings. And you can reach them at 423-231-2839. Uh, these are our friends, Ashley and TJ. Uh, they're great, man. They're so much fun to work with. They really know their stuff. Uh, we did a, a short little video that you guys will get mm-hmm. to see in the near future. We- I was I was thrilled and uh, impressed by their... Um their homework they did before going into this shoot with us. Yeah. They they did their homework. I sent the idea I had to, yes. to TJ at Freddy Cat, and I said, you know, this is generally what, what I want, and you just make it better, yeah. you know. And and he, you know, tweaked a couple things, but yeah. for the most part, he said, I, I, I see what you want to do, and he went in, and we can't say too much because yeah. we don't want to spoil it. But When it comes out, we'll talk more in yeah. detail about yeah. how – much homework they did yeah but it was a whole lot of fun a great experience we were we're in and out got the project done in like an hour and a half or so maybe not even that long Mm -hmm. um and it's gonna look great i'm excited for people to see it and you know you and i getting to do something like that we haven't done anything like that in a long time and it it felt like uh it was just easy to get back in the gist of being on stage together yeah it was easy but it was fun can't wait for everybody to see it oh yeah so excited so um you know, last week uh, we closed the chorus line show. Right, um, it was really good. Um, I don't want to go too much into detail what it was like. Uh, you know, that last Sunday was 
you know, by all rights, if everything goes well. Possibly my last show on stage in Morristown. Right. Um, with me moving. So, uh, with that in mind, I was holding it together fine. I was doing well. And then uh, this this girl that you and I have, have literally watched grow up in theater, mm-hmm. Hannah Grace, uh, since she was, what, six, seven years old. She's Emma's dance teacher now. Yes, now she's Emma's crazy. dance teacher, which is, did you ever think one day you'd be saying that? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> um, she broke rank, uh, moved away from where she's supposed to be standing in this very already emotional song, and grabbed my hand and put her, her head on my shoulder, and it... It made me break a little bit. Yeah. In the last, you know, last theater episode, we talked about breaking character. I definitely, it did not help the fourth wall for me. <laughs> I uh, started to cry pretty heavily when she did that because um, it just showed how long I've been doing theater in this town, and right. it's it's kind of a well, you know, weird to you know. This is our theater episode. Yes. This is Act 2. This is Act 2. So we'll talk a little bit more about that experience. Absolutely. Uh, But yeah, it's Act 2 of Theater Nerds here at the show. Yeah. We're going to tell some stories. We're going to give you some rules of etiquette in the theater that everyone should know. Theater etiquette. Everybody should know, whether you're an audience member or in the show. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, You know, um, also with last week, you know, we had this really... Long list of bad guys oh, that yeah. we discussed, and uh, I, I, it was it was enjoyable to get to do a little bit of study on some villains I did not know as much about. I learned a lot. I did too. Um, a lot of a lot of kind of useless trivia that I'll probably forget. <laughs> and and uh, until that one faithful day, someone asks it in a trivia, and you're just like, "Ooh, ooh, I know that." <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how I... I can't remember how I know it, The answer is it. 2D, man. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, though, even though they're the bad guys. Uh, it's like, kind of like I said last week. Um, it might be them who make the Dark Knight. I totally agree. The best. Uh, but we are going to... Uh, also this week, we we're talking about theater. We're going to talk about some uh, theater nerd vocabulary words. Uh, as well as a um, bunch of the nerd news. Quite a uh, bit. Quite a bit of nerd news, so we will try to whiz past that. And all that is after a word from our sponsor. All right. Our friends over at Encore Theatrical Company are giving you the opportunity to experience live theater for free. That's right, absolutely on the house. Encore's young stars are performing their production of Disney's Beauty and the Beast Jr. on February 6th, 7th, 8th, and 9th, right here in East Tennessee. On February 6th, you can catch the show at Cock County High School in Newport at 7 p.m. February 7th at Maury Middle School in Dandridge at 7 p.m. February 8th, you have two chances to see the show at Manly Baptist Church in Morristown at 3 and 7 p.m. And also on February 9th at Creative Theater in Sevierville at 3 p.m. Make sure you check out the show if you're in the East Tennessee area. And to get more information, you can go to etcplays.org. All right, time to uh, talk nerdy. Um, Just like with the last theater episode, I am bringing five new words that everyone should know that has to do with the theater. Um, Some of these are even, you know, not mainstream words. They are only definitions if you took theater classes. Uh, So 
as we are here to educate, I felt that these five needed to be defined. Avant-garde. Avant-garde is very experimental or innovational works or people. Um, for example, um, I had a director um, that we have both know okay. um, in the past. I'm sure I'll figure it out yes. really quickly. Um, he, uh, You had to assist him with music for Elf Jr. Oh, okay. Yes. We have a director that we have uh, had experiences with in the past who thought that he was very avant-garde um, and innovative, but truthfully, they were just bad ideas. Yes. Yeah. Um, moving on, we have proscenium. Yes, yes. yes, the proscenium is a metaphorical vertical plane of space in a theater, usually surrounded by a physical arch or brick above brick or wood, um, or a, even a curtain. It serves almost as a frame that the audience sees into. The, the TV screen, if you will. Yes, of live theater. Yes. Yes, yes. Moving on, we've got apron. Yes. The apron is the front area of a stage nearest the audience. It is the portion of the stage in front of the proscenium arch. So now, instead of saying the lip of the stage, you could say the apron of the stage. Yes. How sophisticated of you. You sound more sophisticated, calling it apron. Moving forward, curtain call. At the end of a live performance, the cast will come out and bow for applause. Well, and actually, it's the cast opportunity to thank the audience yes, for coming for to the show. Yes. So that's why it is uh, not really... You're not really supposed to like applaud each other when you're the actor yes. on the stage. Um, yes, that was uh, something that was not exactly uh, imparted to me in theater school. It was, I think it's more of an individual etiquette amongst different groups. I agree. Um, but I strongly believe in it I now. now do. I do now. Yeah. Yes. I didn't used to. After it was taught to me, <clears throat> mm-hmm. like, oh no, it's just bad etiquette, I started yeah. to realize, okay, I get it, it. It's not for us like, hey, look at what a great job yeah. we did. It's thank you so much for yes. spending money to come watch me and do this thing that two I love. spend two to two and a half hours with us. Yes. yes. Uh, and you also, in a curtain call, will most likely see the cast thank the lights and sound um, as and well as orchestra. orchestra. Uh, so, last nerd vocabulary word for the theater is company. Not to be confused with the Broadway musical company. Uh, the cast and crew of a show, as well as any other staff who worked on the show. Yeah. So company could be anyone from someone who painted the set, or the solo artist, or anybody. Everybody that a part you see in the program. Of the company. So those are five brand new theater nerd vocabulary words that I hope that it educated you some. Uh, maybe if we're lucky, some of you all did not know these, and we have done something well for the world of theater. You're welcome. You're welcome, theater. Now, why don't we go on to your favorite segment? Let's do it. It's called What You Watching. So, should I even ask? Is it on Disney Plus? <laughs> well, what can I say? <laughs> yes, it's true. Um, I have two two things to uh, quickly recommend to everyone. I finished The Clone Wars. Ooh. Yes, I did. I finished it 
just today, actually, a couple hours ago, and I realized that I had seen a lot more of it than I thought. So I think I had seen the entire thing a few years ago, but I had just forgotten so much of it. And this time I actually paid attention, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I've talked to a lot of people over the past few months who have said, you know, I thought Clone Wars was just a kid's show, so I never really watched it. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Nay, nay, I say. Nay, nay. <laughs> it, it, while it is, you know, it originally was on animated. the Cartoon Network sure. and it's animated and stuff. Yeah, and there are some things that are definitely aimed for kids. Like all the Jar Jar and C-3PO stuff that I hate is... A- <laughs> Fun fact, I uh, in my watch through, I'm on five now, I have skipped over any episode that Jar Jar's in because I just cannot do it. Well, you're not going to want to do that because he has some where like Mace Windu's with him or... Um, they did like a thing where they played with the idea of him being like the Sith. You know, he had a hood on and everything. Oh, and all the the droids thought he was a Jedi or something like that. <laughs> like that one was worth watching. But yeah, that stuff is, is definitely aimed at the kids yeah. and everything. But there's a lot of depth to this show as well. And not to mention the fact that it is canon. It is a part of the official Star Wars story and timeline. And there's a lot of stuff with Anakin. You know, if you're sort of feeling like his turn to the dark side in episode three wasn't quite, you know, it, it didn't really do it for you. It wasn't as, as believable as you thought it should be. And it happened too quickly, maybe. There's or a if lot you of didn't that. like Hayden, this voiceover oh, artist my goodness. brings a better Anakin this than guy Hayden was. is a hundred times better than Hayden Christensen. He's the one we, tuh, like earthquake. Yes. Gosh. Oh, <laughs> don't even get me started about earthquake. <laughs> so, um, he, he gives us kind of what Anakin should have been to us exactly so i i would agree with you i highly recommend watching it especially now that star wars is back in the main fold as well as it's getting a new season a final ending season next month and i did find out they are going to do that like one episode a week good so i'm hoping that there's a big like overlapping story you know that uh, keeps you gripped i'm hoping (laughs) even in a cartoon yeah um I would agree, though. I'm just in uh, season five, um, but I would definitely highly recommend, especially you know, you in the Attack of the Clones movie, and even some snippets in the Revenge of the Sith. There are Jedi that are participating in some storylines physically, like Plo Koon. They most people would watch the movies and be like, "Who? Who is this?" Mm-hmm. These Clone Wars open you up to the entire council as a character Mm -hmm. so that you can go then go into Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith and go, oh my gosh, that's now I know their their Padawan and who their Padawan was. There's story arcs around like the younglings. Yes. There's there's certain droids that have stories and Mm -hmm. certain clones. All the clones have personalities and whatnot. Yeah, we get to see more of Rex and Cody's. Exactly. Fives and Wolf and all those guys. Yes, I love Wolf. Um, There there is a lot of depth to the show Mm -hmm. and lots of stuff with Anakin that sort of makes his fall to the dark side that much more satisfying. Understandable too. And and, all that. So definitely recommend it. And the second thing, also on Disney Plus, uh, it's a show called Encore, and I thought it was appropriate to recommend it on this episode uh, because yes. in this show, it's hosted by Kristen Bell. Um, these these people get together and perform a show that mm-hmm. they had performed as a group like 10, 15, 20, even 40 so like, years uh, before. So like 
older 30 year olds and 40 year olds are getting their high school cast back together exactly like they'll show you some footage of them in high school doing the show and they'll talk about you know what it was like being in the show and all of them have their stories that connect together like all their ex-boyfriends and girlfriends oh god you know this guy was the one who got all the parts and i wanted the parts (laughs) and all that silly stuff and um they show you all the pictures and stuff, but they get back together and they rehearse the show for like four days and they do it in front of this big audience. All their friends and family come to see it. And it's this big emotional story and this big journey for them. It's so much fun to watch. I've seen like two episodes because, uh, someone who I've, I don't really know him, but, um, Facebook friends with him. Uh, this guy that runs the junior theater festival in Atlanta, he got to be on the show as a director for this group that did Oklahoma. So Which is a, a guilty pleasure show of yours. I do like Oklahoma. Yeah. So uh, it's a great show. It, I, I've been meaning to watch it. It's just, it's like we say every, I feel like every time we record, it's just so much to watch right so now. So much. And, and just, and with the move coming up and the show just ending, I've just been fried to take on yeah. a lot of new stuff. Right. Um, but I have uh not also just been watching the uh, Clone Wars. I've been doing that uh, gradually. I have been um, uh, playing back through Fallen Order on its hardest difficulty, Ooh. which is difficult. I bet. <laughs> um, and I also even put in Battlefront 2 for a little bit again. Mm-hmm. I've just been in this video game, star, this Star Wars video game kick. Um, and... I guess with Clone with Clone Wars, watching back through it, I'm like, I'm, this this is what Josh is like every day. Like this is what it's like to be Josh Davis. It's just Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> and it's like I'm gonna have to give myself a break. Yeah. Um, I think I'm getting close to that point. Yeah. But I think by the time I give it up after I finish Rebels and the new season of Clone Wars, like <laughs> Some it's movie gonna will be, be out. Well, yeah, but it'll be May and it'll be <laughs> May the fourth, yes. and I'll have to get into it again. <laughs> So, oh god, never ends. It just never ends. Uh, so, why don't we get on to the nerd news? All right. Um, so, like I said, there's a lot of news. So, why don't we just uh, get through some Let's of this? Dive on in. Uh, so, a James and the Giant Peach live action reboot is moving forward at Disney, and I just read today that so is a Bambi. Live action reboot. What? Why? Why would they do that? Thank you. At least there's one you feel that way about. I mean, Bambi's boring. But I'm going to have to relive his mom and the... Yeah, the jerk father figure, whatever. I don't think I can do it. I'd like to say he was playing Thumper. Wow. (laughs) I'm sitting here trying to visualize a live action Bambi. This is going to traumatize some children. I hope they know. Oh, a lot oh. of kids haven't seen Bambi. Yeah, there's a lot of kids like, and they're gonna see this. Yeah, because it's a live action Disney movie, and it'll be on Disney Plus. I yep. While James and the Giant Peach, I can see as being really exciting and dark and scary, maybe really cool. Um, Bambi, <sighs> something should stay animated, and in the past, yeah. And Bambi was not a favorite of mine. <laughs> no, me neither. Uh, I did see the uh, Aladdin. Live action, finally. Did you like it? Uh, I I didn't hate it. It Mm -hmm. was just okay. Like, I'll probably never see it again. I liked the ending change, making Jasmine Sultan. Yeah. That was a cool little addition. That was cool. And And I didn't hate Will Smith. I didn't either. He brought his own take. He was 
clearly not a singer. No. Really. no. Um, I just thought it was kind of bland, to be honest. Just sort of meh, you know? Yeah, that's just me. I would agree with you. Um, didn't hate it, but... I can take it or leave it. Yeah. So, moving on. Uh, it seems that Dying Light 2, which is going to be sad news for The Rev and myself, has joined the party, becoming the fifth game delayed in the last month. It joins Cyberpunk 2077, Avengers, Iron Man VR, and Final Fantasy VII Remake. In one month, five games have been delayed. I know it sucks because we're excited about yes. games and everything. Like, I'm stoked about Avengers. But I would rather them fix <clears throat> I agree. I, I think that if they want to take more time to make the product even better... I would so agree. So they will end up being happier in the long yes. run, it's worth the wait. Yes. Like, when our, our first take on Avengers in that trailer caused them to delay the game. Yeah. and Which shows, I think... I know I've been very hot and cold with us controlling everything with their voice yeah. on social media, whether it be reanimating Sonic or you know, how bad a video game is. Right. Uh, but knowing that these companies are listening to first initial responses going, okay, if that's a majority belief, let's push it back and take the time to make a better product. I will take that. Um, so, uh, the ink is barely dried on J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot creating DC exclusive media. media. And they are already, they already having had meetings with Justice just League Dark being one of their first television or movie outings. You know a lot about the Dark Justice League? Um, not Batman, too much. Zatanna, Constantine, um, Swap Things joined mm-hmm. them a few times. Yeah, I know that. Um, the Spectre. So would this be animated, I assume? I would imagine that if they wanted to pursue a Dark Justice League move, live action they, movie, yeah, then they got to build up a they, bunch that's more That's what characters. I was going to say. They, they need a lot more time to do yeah. that. But didn't they already do a Justice League Dark animated movie? Uh, yeah, it was a different story. I mean, there are multiple stories between the Dark Justice sure. League, Justice okay. League Dark, whatever. Okay. Um, I would like to see it as a TV show. Okay, WB has already said that... Um, they are fine with having a Batman in film and TV at the same time. Even though they were not apparently a fan of some other characters bouncing around for a little while. It's taken growing. I think, And I think that comes with, well, Superman's worked on TV and in movies. So is Flash. So maybe some of our bigger DC names can do both worlds, I mean, you know. Marvel does it too yeah. with their animated things yeah. on like Disney XD and all that stuff. Yeah, so, so I think it'd be kind of cool to see a live action television series or even an animated series of uh, Just- Justice League Dark because there are some cool tales and a can lot of see them doing it in the, it. in the same style as Titans. Oh, that'd be cool. On uh, uh, using his Batman, that would be really even yeah. bigger and cool. Uh, so moving forward, it is a reported. That the prequel to Hunger Games being made will center around President Snow's origin. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'll read it. Watch it. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll see. So, Will of Time, the high fantasy book series spanning 17 books, with another coming soon, has just had its first table read at Amazon. Um, the series will be based off the books, and as a matter of fact, my cousin Taylor... Uh, has been cast to play Maxim, one of Alana's warders. Uh, after the show airs, he would like to join us on the show. So oh. that'd be cool. Well, he'll be welcome. Uh, did you read any of the Wheel of Time? No. 
None of it. I read them, I read three after I read Lord of the Rings, because it had kind of that same feel by the looks of it. Sure. So I've read three of them. Um, they're good. Um, not Lord of the Rings, but... You well, know, nothing is. Nothing is, but they're good fantasy. For a high fantasy, it's it's cool stuff. I'll look into it. And Amazon is obviously jumping on with these high fantasy TV shows, because they've already got Lord of the Rings, and it's already been given a season two. Right. Uh, so I guess they've learned that we still want that stuff. Well, and now with The Witcher, you know, people know. are interested in, in that style of, yeah. of show, so... It'd be exciting, Smart. exciting to see that stuff. So, recent photos from the set of Falcon and Winter Soldier show us our first look at U.S. Agent. He is the government's replacement for Captain America. Has no moral compass, pretty much. He kind of just get the job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what did you think? You're the Marvel guy here. Have you read any of the replacement stories after Steven died? No, the only one that I'm really familiar with is that Winter Soldier steps into that yeah. role. And I was kind of assuming that would happen. And I'm, maybe it will. I'm sure it will toward the end of this yeah. or at some point. Uh, but yeah, that, I'm, I'm not a huge Captain America fan, so I don't know a whole lot of extra stuff about his story. He doesn't look as Captain America-y <laughs> as Steve did, so mm-hmm. they're doing well at showing that difference. WandaVision writer... Megan McDonnell is helming the script to Captain Marvel 2. Um, she's apparently proven that she's a good writer, so let's hope that she brings um, some quality stuff to Captain Marvel 2 because I think that that movie's got some stuff to live up to. Is there a whole bunch of Brie Larson backlash right now? There's always Brie Larson backlash. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, moving on. During a talk about Cyberpunk 2077, Project Red was asked about Witcher 4, the video game. And they had this to say, Witcher 3 was the end of a trilogy. We are not done with Geralt yet, but it won't be as simple as a Witcher 4. Kind of opens the mind a little bit, like, well, then what will it be? Witcher Pro Racing. 3.5? I mean, (laughs) Witcher Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I mean... Technically, I mean, I know you're trying to be all discreet or whatever, or how can I answer it without getting hopes up, but with also saying, like, it could be years away, brother, you know? Um, So I guess, you know, four doesn't come after three, technically. But they could, you know, they could take it in many directions. Maybe we'll get a Siri. It's technically The Witcher, but it's Siri. Mm -hmm. Or young... uh, Oh, what's his mentor's name? Vesemo? Yeah. Or not Vesemo. Um, Vesmer. Yeah. Maybe like a young Vesmer game. Whatever. But it's kind of interesting that he had that to say. Kind of exciting. Moving on. Emilio Estevez will reprise his role as Coach Bombay in the Disney Plus series, The Mighty Ducks. That's pretty big news. That's pretty exciting, it's, it's pretty too. pretty big deal. Especially for 90s kids. Yeah. I loved those movies. Did you see all three of them? I did. You did? All right, so everyone's talking about it around the world. So there's no way to get um, get away from it. Uh, doesn't matter what culture you come from, nerd culture, sports culture, whatever. Um, everyone in the world knows uh, that this past week, Kobe Bryant, along with his daughter uh, and friends of theirs, 
uh, where uh, seven other people seven other people were in a, a, a fatal helicopter accident. It was a shock um, because even though I'm a nerd, I grew up watching Kobe Bryant play basketball. Yeah, I mean, there's an entire you know generation that. F- since he became popular, you know, anytime you threw a paper wad in the dispenser at school, you shouted, Kobe. My kids still do that. Yeah. And still? Yeah. And now it's for Kobe. Oh, so, that's great. Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, he was a legend on the basketball court. Um, again, we are but humble nerds. Yeah. Um, I, and plus, basketball is my least favorite sport. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not a basketball guy at all. And yeah. I never have been, so I'm not going to pretend to be yeah. like, oh, I was Kobe's yeah. biggest fan or anything yeah. like that. But I certainly know the impact yeah. he had on our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, not necessarily nerd culture, but, yeah. you know, American culture. American culture you know, in general. Everyone knows who he is. Yeah. So. Um, I still have, uh, hanging up in my closet, a Lakers number 8 jersey from when I was in high school. Wow. So. Um, it's tragic. However, he did make somewhat of an impact on nerd culture. He was the inspiration for K2B4, an android that you see in Season 3 of uh, The Clone Wars. Right. Um, He was the basis for K2B4 because the writer is a big fan of Kobe Bryant. And the colors of the android is purple and yellow. Like the Lakers. Like the Lakers. Perfect. Yes. And uh, he also uh, showed up on The Proud Family. You remember that original Disney animated series? Yeah. Uh, Peyton was a big fan of it. Uh, he would show up from time to time as a character. Uh, and he actually voiced his character. Yeah, I sort of remember that. Um, so he has, you know, cross-culturalized his name, I guess. For sure. Uh, for sure. And we, um, you know, very sad, but there are some podcasts out there doing a lot of great uh, in-memoriams and uh, paying homage to him in their sh- episodes. Especially, uh, go check out Ocho Duro Parlay Hours. They are a fantastic show and good friends of ours. And that is the end of your nerd news. Hey everybody, this is Nerd Bomber here, one of the co-hosts of the Online Warriors podcast. Our weekly podcast started as a way for three friends to keep in touch and discuss their passion for movies, gaming, technology, and entertainment. And since then, we've grown into a fantastic online community. Every Wednesday, we release a new episode discussing the latest nerdy news. And then we go hands-on with our weekly adventures and a fun trivia show. Sound interesting? Check us out on every podcast platform, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or hit us up at OnlineWarriorsPodcast.com. And we're back, which means that it is time for us to on the theater. Theater. It is time for Act 2. We are back with Act 2 of our discussion on theater nerds. We have so many more stories, and there are so many more things to talk about in the world that is theater. The lights are flickering, so grab your snacks, get back to your seats, intermission is over. Except you should not take your snacks and drinks in the theater. That's bad etiquette. Bad etiquette. We are going to discuss theater etiquette as an audience member and stage member. We are also going to be talking about the different types of theater nerd that exist on stage, theater horror stories, and more theater fun. Mm, Yes. So we might as well get the business out of the way first and talk etiquette. Yes. Everyone should know the rules. Everyone should know the rules. Um, How one acts 
as an audience member is very important. A lot of these are pretty easy to understand. Um, I mean, they aren't exactly mentioned in the pre-show or the program. Not every one of these are. Uh, but they're some of these are kind of common sense, you know? <laughs> um, uh, they are there for a reason, though. So here are some of the most important things to know as an audience member. And this first one is very vital. Please, turn off your cell phones. And that one's in all caps, people. Yes, That's it is. That's how you know it's serious. It's very serious. And crying children. <laughs> <laughs> um, even if your phone is on silent, though, uh, don't text during a show. Um, because some theater companies and some Broadway shows actually use a wireless sound system. And when your phone sends a text, it interferes with the signal mm -hmm. the sound systems use. I've seen this happen before. So you can actually tell when someone's texting in a theater because it sets off the sound. Yeah, and plus, not to mention the fact that the light, everyone Shines. can see everyone that. Everyone can see you on your phone. And the people on stage can see it too. Yeah, it's so annoying. <laughs> so don't do that. Um, if a play or musical is rated for a mature audience, it typically means don't bring your children especially your six-year-olds. We, uh, most recently, um, and it's all over, it was all over Chorus Lines Media that adult themes are discussed, not for children. Right. Some family brought their six-year-old, sit in front row, and you saw the show. I you saw heard some of the verbiage used. Every time it would happen, they would just be so baffled and close her ears and her eyes during some numbers. And most of us are just like, says it all over the marketing, man. And also, if it's, you know, if they talk about how it's mature content and all that stuff, and you're offended by things like that, then you shouldn't then you, go. Yes, you shouldn't go. Don't be the person who gets up all offended, huffing and puffing, yes. walking out because you're so offended by what you see in the show. Especially we, if it says mature content. Yes. That's a big yes. indication that there's some stuff that might be offensive to you. <laughs> but at the same time, I also kind of get a nice little bit of success if you are doing a show you know could offend someone and you hear somebody left. Yeah. I kind of sometimes <laughs> am like, no good. I've celebrated I it guess a we times. did our job since yeah. we said it was offensive. Yeah. So good for them. Yeah. Still got the money. <laughs> so, um, on, moving on. Be on time. Um, there is a reason that every show ticket, box office, or marketing item says arrive 30 minutes before the show. Always give yourself time to park, use the restroom, get your tickets, say hi to the people you know, and get your snacks. Just don't take them in the theater. Yeah. And get to your seats. Give at least half an hour to get all that done. And most likely, if you're going to a Broadway show, you might want to give yourself a little longer. Because mm -hmm. there are thousands of people at a Broadway show. That's true. Um, because nobody will let you... Once the show has started, a good house manager waits until a very opportune moment before they can take you. So, please use the restroom before the show or during intermission. Yes, emergencies do happen, but most of the time, you can control how much you get up during a performance. Yeah, nobody likes that. Nobody likes to be beside the person in the center of an aisle who gets up every five minutes. It's not the same as theater, but do you remember when we were at WrestleMania 33? 
Orlando. 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 Uh, there, <laughs> we went to Raw. Yes. The next night. Yes. And there were these people who were constantly getting up. Yes. And going by to do whatever, and yeah. we had to stand up for them or move for them a hundred times. Every time. And it's different because it's wrestling and it's loud and whatever, but it was still annoying. It was very annoying. So. Don't be the that person either. It's not just in the theater. That part of the etiquette is everything you go watch. Thank you, people. Being beside in an you. audience of any kind. Yes. Uh, moving on. Um, please be quiet as much as possible in a performance. No need to unwrap a Christmas gift or have that full blown life altering conversation during the show with the person beside you. You came to see a show, so be quiet and watch it. <laughs> I've done a few shows that my mother in law has come to see. Oh my God. Um, and my mother-in-law is, she's quite the character. She's a lot of fun, but she, I, I played Sweeney Todd and, and she didn't know anything about Sweeney Todd. Oh, yay. But she came to see it <laughs> and I could hear her how offended she was. Oh my God. That I was, you know, cutting people's throats and <laughs> cooking them into pies and all so, that stuff. Why is he doing it? Spoiler alert. If you haven't, <laughs> seen, you haven't Sweeney seen Sweeney Todd. Todd, uh, so I could hear her back to going, Oh, 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 no. Oh. You know, so. Not- <laughs> That's not Josh. <laughs> yes. Uh, so moving on. Dress for the theater you are attending. If it is a small town community theater show, it's a little more lax of a dress code. Blue jeans, a nicer shirt, sure. But you wouldn't show up to a Broadway show in gym shorts and a tank top. So dress according to where you're going. If you cannot use your ticket, please contact the box office so they can allow for someone else to use that ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, you would be surprised at how many shows, even in the community theater world, uh, get delayed on their starting time because two or three families decided they could not show up, but they did not let the box office on. No. So you've got people waiting. I box was, office is waiting to see if those people come to get their tickets. I was 16th on the waiting list to see a show at the Clarence Brown Theater at UT. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I got in. Because... Things happen. Yeah, I and mean, people you know, canceled or canceled, did whatever. Yeah. So I got exactly. in. Um, if you arrive late, please do not be upset at the house manager that we mentioned earlier for waiting for the right moment for you to take your seat. Like if, like if you're at the beginning of Phantom of the Opera, speaking of the song you played earlier, if you're at the very beginning of that and your seat is in the second row and they're in the a very quintessential opening scene where a lot of attention is in that area. The house manager's not bringing you with a flashlight to your seat at that time. No. Because it will interfere with people's attention and maybe even the performer's attention. Yeah. Uh, because they do have to shine a phone or a flashlight one to get you to your seats in the dark. That's very distracting. Right. We're theater kids. We don't have a great attention span as it is. Oh. So if we're standing there on stage oh, and no. see this light heading towards us, we're immediately like, Tinkerbell, what is that? One of the worst things that happened to me at the Walter State Theater was they put that darn digital clock up there. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I just caught myself during the chorus line looking up at it a lot. Yep. Like, man, we are 10 minutes behind. I used to not be there. Yeah. And then I did a show. I came back and did one in the summer. When they first remodeled things in the theater, and I just kept staring at that digital <laughs> clock up in the back of the theater. I'm From like, the who stage. put this here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> yeah, so moving on. We have been berating the audience members enough as it is. Those are your pretty much your go-to generic. Just, it's common sense, man. 
please listen as the next time you go see a show. And it's not even just a theater show. You could be at a movie, and some of those still apply. Like we said, if you're in an event and you're an audience member, consider these. Common sense. For Common the sense. Part. So, stage etiquette. You want to you wanna talk a little bit about stage etiquette, J.D.? I can try. You may be new to the stage or a veteran, but that does not give you any excuse not to uphold proper stage etiquette. Respect is a, a huge thing in the theater, and I would venture to say that Tyler here would agree with me Absolutely. on that. Absolutely. So here are some of the biggest points of stage etiquette to keep up with if you are a performer. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you know these things already. And if not... You're never too old to learn a lesson. Yeah. And if you do know them, then it'll be fun to hear them. Yeah. Because you're going to be like, yeah. I yeah. learned that from 30 and nerdy. <laughs> yeah. So, like we've said, respect. And it doesn't matter if you're a crew member, an actor, director, tech, or just helping with set worth. Treat each other with respect. Um, one of my things that I used to always tell the kids when I would direct either the youth show or the summer musical, if ever I was directing people that were, you know, teenage years, and getting into theater, my my mantra is always, talent gets you in the door, but respect keeps you in the room. And That's if a good you, one. you may be Celine Dion with a voice, but if I can't work with you because you're just not respectful to either your fellow castmates or the custodian or anybody, mm-hmm. I'm not keeping you. We're not working together again. So respect goes a long way. There's a lot of discipline Yes, uh, in in theater, and a lot of kids really learn a lot of that discipline that helps them in school and and mm. just in life in general. So absolutely, there's some really good life skills. Now, you know, like we've also mentioned, we know that there are teenagers, and sometimes teenage things happen. But I have seen the world of theater. What teenage things? Bullying. Oh, you know, not like full on bullying, but like took things in a dark turn. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, being on their phones, talking yeah. when their you know attention's not on them, you know, blah blah blah. We get that, but I have seen some of the most rambunctious and rowdy, and what you think you could never bring somewhat of a civility to. Join the theater and completely turn a one eighty. I've seen it myself, and seeing that firsthand is awesome. And I think a lot of it comes from they learn respect. I learned a lot. Over the years. Absolutely. You know, I was, <laughs> when I first started doing theater a lot, I think probably a lot of the older people could have killed me. I mean, <laughs> some of them might be listening right now. Thanks for putting up with me like yeah, 10, 11 years ago. I was survive then. <laughs> I was you know, obnoxious and immature and, yeah. and cock of the walk. You know, yeah, you were the super best thing. conceited and all this stuff. But, you know, I learned like when I saw other people like that, I was like, I don't want to be like that. And I bet people look at me that way. Yeah. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. So I learned and, you know, I find or I found yeah. out that being respectful and being humble and treating people the way you want to be treated in the theater. It will take you further. Gets you a long Oof. way. Yes, it does. And not just in theater, but in everything. Absolutely. So, and, I'll, you know, moving on, obviously things happen, but um, if you are on the stage, it is... Um, Always a good idea to arrive 10 to 15 minutes early. Now, I say it's a good idea. Statistically speaking, I am not 100% on this rule, (laughs) this etiquette, because I am bad at managing time. Yes. I will be the first to sit here and admit it. Um, 10 minutes to me is not 10 minutes to Josh Davis. Mine is a, a very lax 10. 
My ten minutes to, to me is uh, sixty seconds times ten. Yes. So basically, <laughs> when Tyler's like, "Hey, let's meet at about eight thirty. Typically, I'm thinking, "Okay, that'll be about nine. Yeah, nine fifteen. <laughs> Today you were only fifteen minutes late. That's true. But you were on the way on time. I was on the way so, on time. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, uh, my on the way does not usually always mean on the way. Um, and now I know that. Now you know that. I just let a trade secret out. Do not talk backstage or on stage if the person in charge is giving notes or direction. Um, every director, from the from the dawning of time, if you have directed a show, I guarantee you one thing you have said is quiet backstage. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yes. Uh, or in the house. Quiet in the house. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the house means in the, the audience area where the seats are. Before you get into what's called tech and dress, um, it is um, ultimately seen that if someone's not in there saying they're sitting in the house watching, they're not all backstage Yeah. Uh, early on. So just be quiet. Just, just be quiet. Yeah. So, and if it is not your prop, don't touch it. You have no idea how panicked a person can get if oh my gosh. they are about to go on and their prop is nowhere to be found because someone was playing with it or moved is it, it or has whatever. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, if it has, I don't remember. It probably has, but I think I was probably fortunate enough to have an easy way to cover it, mm-hmm. you know? Um. I uh I was the I was the guilty party one time with someone else's prop. Um did they miss a cue? They didn't miss a cue. They just had to fake holding a baby. As you stole the baby? I was, I, yeah. It was this fake baby doll that we had to use in uh hunchback. And one time I just grabbed the baby without thinking and I was doing a little joke on the side stage. You know, while the show's going on, I just, even me. You held the baby up and did the Simba thing, didn't you? Yes. I was playing with the baby as if it were Simba and I were Mufasa. And uh, she came to get the baby. She literally was given two seconds to grab this prop and get back on stage. She took her two seconds. Baby wasn't where it was supposed to be, so she kind of folded her blouse that she was wearing to look as if she was swaddling a baby. And I was like, oh my god, I just broke the cardinal sin <laughs> of theater. Um, so, even I did that once. So, And you were pretty much a veteran at that point. Yes. Yes, this was literally like two summers ago. I'm Which is a mind be. lapse. We're allowed to have them, I guess. I was getting old. I'm ashamed. I know. So, move, moving on. Do not perform tasks not assigned to you. Like, if you're not the choreographer, you shouldn't walk around and try to correct castmates in their in their poses or their dance moves or anything yeah. like that. It's not uh, not a bad thing to want to help, but no. it is just sort of frustrating. There's etiquette to yeah. it. There's etiquette. Um, I mean, if you didn't think in, in any show we were together, I wanted to correct your dancing, Josh... You'd be crazy. I've always wanted to correct your dancing. I did my best, okay? But I relied on the choreographer to see it first. Or, or, if you came to me personally and said, I'm not getting a move. 
can you... Did I do that? One time in Wizard of Oz. It was during the jitterbug. The first time. <laughs> the first time we did Wizard of Oz. Oh, boy. It was during that jitterbug. So, okay. Stephanie Barnes choreography. Yeah. Um, that's fine. But you came to me and said, there's one move I'm not getting. Show me what it's supposed to look like. Right. But, it, like you said, if it's not your job, not your chair, not your problem. Yeah. Always acknowledge a director, stage manager, or choreographer's calls with thank you. Uh, for instance, if you hear a, take a 10. Thank you, 10. Exactly. He had it on, we're on autopilot at this point. Um, you answer with thank you. Now, don't be a smart aleck and put thank you in front of everything that's said to you. Like, uh, hey, let's move to the left. Thank you, move to the left. That's just... Don't be obnoxious. Yeah, don't be obnoxious with it. Um it's pretty standard. When they give you a break, you say thank you. Moving on. If you make a mess, clean it up. The stage manager is not your mama. Nope. Neither is the director or your other classmates. And also, uh, do not list a strength in the audition process if it is not a strength. I am a guilty party of that. Uh, again? Um, I... In an audition, so many rules. What's wrong with you? Well, in an audition, this was back during Walter State days. Um, during an audition for uh, Shenandoah, I listed a skill that I said I had, um, but I do not have, and that was a, um, you know, when you start to run and you just tumble, not like on your hands, you just kind of do a roll into a, you stand back up. Sure. Um, you know you're. T- and, and you all visually, can, you know, you're running on the stage and you huh, jump, turn, like, on your head, <laughs> you know. Tumbling and stuff? Tumbling and stuff. It was a type of tumble. I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, bending over, head, back, feet, you're back up. That's easy. Well, then it came time to choreography of a number, and he said, Tyler, you can do a tumble forward, can't you? Set it on your, your, and I would really love Henry to do one right here and next to Lovin. And I went, uh, yeah, yeah, let me, let me try that. <laughs> well, it was obvious that I could not do a forward tumble thing. And, uh, he had to change his idea on what Henry's supposed to do there. Uh, and that's where I first learned that it's probably wise not to put something that you actually can't do. Because you never know if the director is actually looking for that in the audition forms. So, yeah, I'm thinking back now. I've, in my dumber days, I have broken a few of these etiquette. Well, but that's how we learn. We learned a lot. Yes, yes. Respect the fourth wall. Do not allow non permitted people backstage. And do not go out to see your friends and family in costume unless you are prompted to by management. For instance, Encore Theatrical in their 2020 season will be doing Frozen Junior, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. yeah. Is that not an awesome opportunity for them to some of them to stay in costume and get pictures with kids? Yeah, so that's a time that they'll be an exception. Time. And Me coming out in a chorus line in my flashy gold tuxedo, not, yeah. not a good time to break the fourth wall. Right. Um, so that's all really based on management. And again... Back, pulling it back around, be respectful. Respectful of your audience, respectful of your director, your fellow castmates, your tech, your scenic people. Be respectful because 
in a world that I think kind of garners respect, we as performers should maintain that. It shouldn't be like, well, you know, Tech Crew is really awesome, but gosh, that guy playing Sweeney Todd is just a jerk. You don't want to hear that. Yeah. So it starts with the actor and actress. Be respectful. Um, and, and, you know, so we've, we've built, we've, we have beat these rules into the ground. And a lot of these, I, I have found myself that I was, I was taking these notes in the midst of doing a show so I would see things while I'm doing this show going, that deserves to be on the list. You know, like whether it's me witnessing an audience member or a fellow cast member not living up to the etiquette. Or maybe even looking in the mirror and realizing you're not looking, you know, following the etiquette, Tyler. I would then grab my phone and start adding notes like, this is a rule and this is ridiculous. And uh, so I apologize if it came off as teachery and harsh, but these rules and etiquette, they're there for a reason. Hey, somebody's got to teach them. Yeah, I'm here to enlighten and educate, not make friends. Yeah. Okay? So why don't we get into a little bit of uh, fun? Let's talk about the different types of theater nerds. The different personalities one yes. might see at the theater. Now, there are many types in the theater. Um, I can assure that you that you have either encountered one of these people or have worked with one of these people. Or you are that person. Or you are. And Nine times out of ten, that's the hardest thing to do is admit you are one of these people. I know which one I am already. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm interested to see that then. Yeah. Some of you love and some of you don't love these people. And some of you are just... Some of you all out there that are these, these types are just downright annoying. <laughs> but we love you and it makes the theater go round. So here are some of the types. Um, we, why don't we alternate reading some of these because I'm I'd be interested to get personal stories from each person especially when we get to where you think you I'll tell we'll save that I'll tell you where I think you are okay and then you tell me where you think you are and we'll do vice versa with me okay All I right, think so, we're the same one just okay. for the record so the annoying talent this one is very talented there's no doubt about it but you also kind of hate them for it Everything comes natural to them, and it seems like they don't have to work as hard as everyone else. Mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of those. Yes. Um, and they can be good and bad. Sometimes yeah. they know it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> um, moving on. Don't take yourself too seriously, the yeah. annoying talent. Yeah. Okay, the hidden talent, the quiet one. They're always the quiet one in the back of rehearsal. They're quiet till it's time to perform, and then they show off their jaw-dropping talent. Once it's over, they're back to being quiet and shy. I've seen a couple of those yeah. over over the past few years. I especially love seeing it in the youth that are just joining. Oh yeah, because like you've seen them before theater, they're just awkward. It's like the, there's something about them, yeah. and then they sing or do a comedic bit, and you're like, oh, "Where did that come from?" I used to work very closely with Encore and and their young stars uh, mm-hmm. as a director and uh, I loved seeing so all these kids they've grown up in the theater yeah. and I remember some of them when they were so young and and some of them were shy or whatever and the, theater has given them so much confidence and and so much discipline like we've we've said earlier and it's just amazing to me and some of them really have worked so hard 
and been involved in this so much mm-hmm. that that hidden talent has just come out. Yeah. And, and you never really knew what someone could do. You know one do. from your group of children that you helped raise in Encore was Parker because yeah. quiet. Oh, yeah. She's quiet. Just very, but the minute she does this part that she's been given, it's always just shines. And then she, she's back to being kind of quiet. She was the chef in, in The Little Mermaid Jr. Yes. That they did a couple that years was ago. Funny. And she stole the show. She stole the show. Uh, Parker is now the mascot at her high school. That she is. And all that came from theater. Yeah. And her parents were, were really involved in theater as well. So yeah. that's where she gets a lot of it. Yeah, absolutely. She's, she's also the prodigy. She is. As well as the quiet she's hidden talent. She's a legacy. <laughs> that too. Um, so, moving on. The athlete. The jock who always thought it would be fun to try it. By the end of it, though, they're saying things like, Man, I wish I'd done more of this earlier. And they finally understand. Yes. Yes. Theater is for everyone. The Troy Boltons of the stage. I mean, they made that a character for a reason because those people do exist in the real world. But I'll also say, though, in my experience, no offense, athletes, but these guys... They want to do well, and they work really hard, but they just sort of have a, a, a lot farther to go than a lot of the other casts as yes. far as like singing and dancing and, yes. and acting and all that stuff. They have a lot more to learn, and it takes them a lot longer to get the hang of it. And their comfort zone is way smaller than most oh, yeah. people. I mean, it's like, you want me to do what? I swear it'll be fantastic, and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, but you want me to... People will see me, Mr. Davis. I can't do that. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So, moving on. This is the drama. The drama person. Literally the walking gossip. And when they're not spreading drama or catching up on drama on social media, they're spreading it on the stage. Mm. i got to be honest. I really have been fortunate and I haven't had a whole lot of that. And if I did, I didn't know about it. Like, if I was the director mm-hmm. and I had stuff like that going on, I probably didn't know about it because my team took care of it and they mm-hmm. knew that I didn't want to fool with it. So, one time, something got so bad to where I actually had to dismiss a kid from the cast. And wow. that was uh, that was that was harder than I thought it would be. Um, I thought being director, you're in charge. It's an opportunity to show your leadership. That's all well and good when things are positive, but when you actually have to do the um, and I'm obviously not going to use any names, but it was a summer show I was directing. Mm-hmm. And this kid was just inappropriate repetitively. And after being told two or three different times by not just me, but other management, it was like, okay, this isn't stopping. So, um, hopefully, less and less. Sometimes though. the drama, though, does exceed what you're supposed to be performing on the stage. Uh, but luckily, we haven't really had too, anything too bad. Mm-mm. Um, They've kept it on the Twitter as opposed to on the stage, if you will. Moving on, the optimist. They're always smiling. It'll always be okay, and it'll all come together in their eyes. No matter if the set falls, they say things like, but golly gee, isn't everyone doing so well? I've done some shows with some kids who work at Chick-fil-A who are like that. (laughs) And you know that they work at Chick-fil-A because if you say thank you to them, they say, my pleasure. Because that's what they say. Chick-fil-A. That's, my pleasure. Yeah. 
My pleasure, my treasure. <laughs> um, I think I know some of these people that you're discussing. You might. Yeah. Uh, but we we love the optimistic person. Always. But at the same time, you want to smack them and go, No! Things are burning down to the ground. <laughs> Especially me, as stressed out as I get. Yes. Stop being so happy. <laughs> I so. don't care if they can dance well, if there's not a stage to dance on. So uh, how about this one? Yes. The singer. Mm. The singer knows they can sing, and boy, do they let you know it. And yes, we know you have memorized all the lyrics to the show and every show that exists, but we don't really have to hear them now, do we? Mm. Uh, but sometimes the singer is is one of those people that you're really happy that you have in the cast because yes. they add they add so much to a certain moment or mm-hmm. a certain song or whatever with their their really dynamic voice. voice. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like we could say for each individual as we continue down this list, I mean, they all make the theater work. Every cast has one of these and I think if one of these screws were missing, the machine would fall apart. So, moving on. We've got the mom. Aw. Every show has a mom. Age does not dictate a mom, either. It is a mentality and a way of life. Every show has that cast member that looks after everyone to see if they're eating, washing their hands, getting rest, and not forgetting their scripts. I have been blessed. I have so many great theater moms. Me too. Really, I would probably lose my head at this point. And I mean, I it gets to the point that these people, you really do kind of look at them like a mother figure. Well, we have grown up with one in the theater, Mary Wallen. I call her mama still. I call her mama. If Mary. I say bye, I'm like bye, mama. She's yep. bye. <laughs> she's she's mama to a she's lot mama. of people here. Uh, and also, uh, Donna, if you're yes, listening Donna, by chance, you're one of she, my stage I call her moms. mama, too. Yeah. I got a lot of those. She'll even call, and she'll even say to me, now, son, yeah. I need you to rest. Okay, mama. Yeah. So moving the, on. Love the theater moms. Moving on. Some of our favorite people are these. Where's Waldo? <laughs> this is the person that gives a whole new meaning to empty chairs at empty tables. Empty chairs and empty tables. <laughs> They're in the cast... But you never seem to see them until Tech Week. They always have some reason they couldn't make it to rehearsal, and it's always a life or death situation. Mm. Rehearsal is always filled with the quintessential. Does anyone know where so and so is? <laughs> we laugh because we've 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 been around them <laughs> many times. Many times. You're not helping, Waldo. <laughs> yes. Uh, the critic. Nothing is ever good enough for them. An audience is never good enough. A fellow cast member is never good enough. The note they got didn't make sense. The green room or theater is not good enough. There is always something to complain about. <laughs> yep. You ever done a show with a critic? Uh, yeah, a few of those. <laughs> How about this, the awkward one? Every cast has an awkward person. They're just awkward. They either aren't good with social cues, taking directions, knowing how to talk to fellow cast members or directors... The awkward one is weird until you see them in that perfect part that they were born for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had a couple of those too. Yeah, couple. love you, awkward people. We do love the awkward. The jokester. Every cast has the jokester. They are always there for a laugh when you may not even need it. They are always ready to deliver the pivotal. That's what she said, and will bring rehearsal to a screeching halt and cause for abrupt laughter. You might not always want them, but every cast has them. 
Mm-hmm. I've been the jokester a couple times before. I would have to say I have too. Yeah. Um, it's gotten to a point in some encore shows where if a suggestive thing is said, if people have just started looking at me before I can even get the words out to the joke I was about to tell, they'll just pop their head over at me like, we know you're going to say it, so... You would get in trouble in my class if, Probably. if that were a thing. So how about the diva? Everything is about them. Everyone is there to see them. The funny thing about the diva is that they normally aren't always the most talented, but you can't tell them that. The world revolves around them. Mm. Especially if the diva does get that leading role at some yes. point, and it's like... Ten times worse. Holy moly. They'll even start doing things like my show. They'll say, my. Oh, I haven't heard like, that before. Uh, I've heard a, a girl say, uh, are you coming to see my show? And I'd look at him and I'd go, is it your show? And just to make him a joke, I'm like, well, I am the lead. <laughs> and I just looked at her and went, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm coming to see your show. Because I knew that right then, there's no correcting this I girl. can only really think of a handful of those that yeah. I've, I've encountered. So, the final nerd of the stage, the thespian of performers past. Every cast has that one member who is only full of, well, when I was so-and-so and so-and-so, truth be told, every actor has been guilty of this. When I was Scarecrow in Wizard of Oz. Uh, we are guilty of living in the past glory of that one part that we got to shine in. Um, and there's no... There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Every theater nerd, new or veteran, every veteran has said this, and every newbie will say this at some point. It's true. You're, you're not going to escape it. Um, so which one do you think, out of this, that I sit on? Well, I think we're the same one. Okay. So I'm kind of answering both at once okay. here. We are the thespian of performers past. I would agree. We are undoubtedly yes. that. I mean, think about it. We're about to sit here and tell stories. <laughs> when I played, when I was Schroeder, and you're a good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> which I do have a story about that. <laughs> and here we are, <laughs> and here we sit. So, um, those are some of your uh, types of theater nerds. If you feel that there's a an enigma of a theater nerd out there that we didn't list that deserves a title, please let us know. We will add it to the list. Yeah, I'd be anxious to hear about yeah. that. Send us in theater nerds that exist that we didn't mention and describe them to us in a clean manner. Obviously, we will not take any bullying tactics, um, even though we did berate people for not following the rules. <laughs> just a little. Uh, just a little. So let's move on. we got some personal stories. Um so let's let's. I kind of want to break this up. First, let's do director horror stories. Okay. When we're directors, you go first. Oh, you know, I really don't have a whole lot of horror stories as a director. I I could say um, having some people in the cast who maybe I started directing when I was really young. Uh, yeah. I was very fortunate. I had some older mentors in theater who said hey, you'd be great. Why don't you try this? Mm -hmm. And they knew I was sort of interested in it. So they gave me some pretty big opportunities. And, you know, starting out, it was rough. I had a lot to yeah. learn, you know. Um, 
so you know worrying about a show coming together as a director would be a general horror story that I think most directors could could share in you know mm -hmm. um, having adults who maybe look down on you at, because of the fact that you're younger yeah you know, like I can think of a story okay your first time directing Wizard of Oz uh huh there was a board member who was very rude who felt that you were a kid and did not. Warrant the respect as a director. Do you oh, remember this? This was actually Charlie Brown, or not Charlie Brown, um, Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. This was Willy Wonka. So yeah. this was before Wizard of Oz. It was this lady who, yeah. you know, she. The way it had been explained to her was that we're going to let you be involved in this production, but Josh is going to be the director, and you should kind of follow his lead and yeah. maybe take away some things that he does mm -hmm. that you can use if you want to. They do this were, lady. if I am correct, trying to. To mold her, yeah, into a leader of some sort. Yes, and she didn't like that. I mean, I can't say that you know, being an adult, that I would like for someone to say to me, "Oh, hey, learn from this kid, this nineteen-year-old kid." But at the same time, if that kid had experience in something and was yeah. doing pretty well with it, and going to school, I didn't know anything about it. it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And you know, I'd probably listen. But yeah, she got her hateful friend to send me this hateful email oh, it was hateful oh man so yeah i forgot about that yeah but just yeah having having somebody look down on you like you don't know what you're doing mm -hmm. that's pretty awful um not people not knowing their lines and oh, you gosh. just get to the point where you're like getting really frustrated and sort of angry with them well there was a show you did um where wasn't it like tech week one night in tech week which is for those of you who don't know tech week is the week you open yeah it's those Starts usually that weekend before you open, and it's all day long, Saturday and Sunday, and it's when the uh, sound and light start to mold around your show. So, wasn't it there a show you were directing years ago, where during Tech Week one night you sent everyone home because they didn't know their lines? Uh, yeah, I yeah. didn't send everyone home. I sent two people home two people. and out of those two people one of them did know their lines pretty well but was having a hard time because the other person yes. did not and one of those people listens to the show pretty often uh and that was the person who actually knew their lines that's so good he remembers that that uh that night very well yes i'm, I'm sure. sure he does yeah um not a director of horror story i mean asking a kid to leave the show kind of sucked yeah to be honest because i'm all about everyone deserves a chance in the theater because yeah. you never know i mean we've seen some people that we've kind of and this sounds weird but i'm i'm not gonna you know shy away from it this is how i word it to people when i say i love seeing people get infected in the theater and what i mean by that is they get bit by the bug yeah and they could get bit by the bug doing being on stage in their first show in eighth grade but growing up through it might find that, man, I'm really good at lighting. And that's where they find their love, is yeah. lighting shows. Right. Either being the entire light designer or what have you. Um, but so knowing that is really what hurt my feelings about having to dismiss a, a kid. Uh, now, when I say kid, he was 18. So he wasn't a kid. He was just... He just had to go. 18-year-olds still, still learn, man. Still got to learn a lesson. I, that's about and, how old uh, I was when I had to learn those yeah. things. Um, so luckily, horror stories of a director um, would be minor details. You know, someone forgot their prop. You know, a mic went out when it really is a good part where the mic to be on. 
Um, oh, actually, I just thought of a great one. Okay. So I was directing a show a while back, and oddly enough, Harrison Ford's in-laws live here in Morristown. Yeah. And used to be pretty involved with the community theater. Yes. And one day, this is kind of cool to say, one day I was working on the set with Harrison Ford's father-in-law, yeah. and it was going great Yeah. until uh, he decided he wanted to go uh, cut something by himself. Yeah. And a piece of wood, like, knocked back and split it, the top of his hand wide open. Yeah. And so you hear him in there cursing and carrying on. And we go and look at it. And it, I don't even want to describe it because, you know, I have a weak stomach. It's disgusting. <clears throat> but basically, they did, had to take him to the hospital to get him stitched up and everything. And I had to sit down because I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> seeing the inside of Harrison Ford father-in-law's hand. Well, and he's he's never been one to go to listen to it. And I don't think you can do all yeah. this. So, um, that was pretty horrific I for me. I remember hearing that story. I was living in Pigeon Forge at the time. I think you were. When you were working on that show. Yeah. Um, so horror stories is a performer. Oh my goodness. I mean, we don't have the time. Where to begin? <laughs> tell. So I'm going to tell a more recent one. Um, as we have talked about, um, in the last episode, we discussed that everyone has that theater um, superstition. Well, along with that also comes every actor has their pre-show, you know, what they do. It's every show they do. Like, my pre-show is I listen to three songs on the way to the theater. And that is Bad Company's Bad Company. I listen to The Red by Chevelle, thanks Same. to you. Same. And Non-Points in the Air tonight. Yeah. Those are the three songs I listen to. I have to from my house to the theater. And if it's a longer drive than those three songs, then obviously there's like, you know, Coming Undone by Corn. But those are the first three that I hear from my house to the theater. So, um, I did a show recently with someone who their pre-show uh, ceremony consisted of throwing in headphones and cutting everyone out, cutting the mechanism. So you were not allowed to speak to them. No, how are you? You would get the... We obviously had a term for it that I'm not going to say <laughs> yeah. on air. Um, but we would get the cold shoulder and the leave me alone. We'd get told, leave me alone. Everybody deserves like their space and, and everything. Yes. And if they need to get in the right mindset, but don't be ridiculous. Yeah, you know? I was like, okay, this is every show you do this. I'm, I'm sorry. Now it's just disrespectful. Yeah. Now it's to the point of ridiculousness. Um, your turn. <laughs> well, I've forgotten my my lyrics a lot. I, I've never really been one to forget lines. Mm. I, I realized this uh, just recently. I've never really forgotten lines much. Uh, the worst that's happened, like someone else has forgot lines, mm -hmm. and we had to sort of improv a little bit, which mm -hmm. you know I love, uh, <laughs> to try to get back on track. Uh, when I played John Proctor, I can't think of any time that I've had more lines than, than John Proc Proctor in The Crucible. Yeah. So I was terrified I, I would forget my lines, but I never did. I got them right. But I'm really bad about forgetting song lyrics, and I can think of so many times that it's happened, and I just go completely blank, and I'm just sitting there staring at the person I'm singing with. I remember in the End of the Woods, uh, I was a prince, and my other 
uh, Prince brother was sitting with me and we're singing this song agony about these princesses that we're in love with and all this stuff. And we sit down on a rock and I'm about to start spilling my guts to him and the music is going and they're vamping da, 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 and it just goes on and you feel like it's an eternity and it's really like 10 seconds. Yeah. I and I look at, I look at the other prince and I'm just kind of giving him this look like, well, buddy, it's up to you, man. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Nothing is going to come out of, out of me. And I was Schroeder and Charlie Brown yeah. and I'm supposed to, there's a scene where they're having choir rehearsal and all the kids you know they're the peanuts so crazy things happen they all get mad and storm off and it's just schroeder and snoopy and we're supposed to sing you know that song home on the range yeah. right and the skies are not cloudy all day so snoopy and i are standing there together we got our arm around each other and we're supposed to sing and the skies are not cloudy all day together and i can't remember how it goes i can't remember what those words are this song i've known my whole life and i look over at snoopy and I just put well, my head. <laughs> I put my head down. I shook my head, and I just walked off. Like I give up. I literally did that. And Snoopy just kind of <laughs> just howled it out on her own. Improv howl. That was it. And I think probably one of the absolute worst things was I forgot the lyrics to a song in front of an mm. actress who was in that show on Broadway. She was the original Fiona Sutton Foster. In Encore uh, sometimes has this great opportunity where they bring in a Broadway artist to do a master class. Mm -hmm. They'll have some local talent come in and they'll perform a song and they'll get critique from the Broadway artists. It's a great opportunity. And so Sutton Foster was coming in and I thought, I'd love to do this. So I had a song all picked out and I was ready for it. And at the last minute, I decided that I wanted to do uh, one of the Lord Farquaad songs from Shrek. Because one day I wanted to play Lord Farquaad, and I thought, this and you be got great. to, I did, yeah. But I thought she'll love this, right? <laughs> and I text uh, a dear friend and a mentor of mine, Micah Shane, who was going to play the piano for me, and I said, I think I'm going to change my song. Is that okay? And he said, That's okay. Just make sure you know it. I'm like, Oh, I'll definitely know it. I'll I definitely know, know it. I work really hard. And I go out there, and I'm doing my thing, and I'm hamming it up because it's a funny song. And I get to this like the second half of the song. And I just bleh, 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 totally forgot right in front of Sutton Foster. So she's like, all right, just back up and do it again. So we start it again. I forget the words again. And uh, finally get through it. And she was very nice. And she's like, oh, this is a great song for you and everything. But I was just mortified <laughs> that I forgot the words. And I've had my pants split on stage before, too. Oh, my. That was in High School Musical, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And okay. I had to kind of sidestep off so nobody could see it. <laughs> see your boxes. Yeah. Um, I uh, used to not believe in the curse of Macbeth. And I don't know if your wife, Becky, remembers this, but we did the show um, uh, Bye Bye Birdie together. Yeah. My junior year, her sophomore year. And I, at that point, thought it was just ridiculous. No such thing as a curse. And I had said it before intermission. I said it from the side stage. I said that nobody, everyone who believes in Macbeth as a curse on stage is ridiculous. Well, after that intermission, after being berated by every other theater nerd that I guess believed in the curse, um, I had a job of, before we went back into a scene with the McAfee house, is I had to s slide on this couch. 
slide on the McAfee couch. That's all I had to do was just slide it on. It was on coasters that you could slide easily. You had one job. I had one job. It's the first scene of Act 2 after I've said Macbeth in a theater. And I get out there and I turn and for some reason a staple of some sort has come out of this couch's back and hooked me. I know if I jerk, my costume will get ripped. I know that if I sit here and fidget, then I could sit here and fidget till the lights come up. But what did I choose to do? You ran away, surely. No, I sat there and fidgeted with the stapler. Oh, no. So lights start undimming. I drop behind the couch, and I spend the next 15 minutes in a scene laying behind that couch. Oh, but that was a hoot. Oh, for everyone else on the side stage, finally, um, our director, uh, who we've worked with countless times, Mm -hmm. um, my old choir teacher, I kind of look up to the side stage, and he just kind of pokes his head around, and he just goes, what are you doing? Like, mouthing it to me. I'm like, well, you know, I thought I'd just, ha, 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 funny moment for Tyler. (laughs) You know, I did all this on purpose. (laughs) You know, (laughs) everyone's dying laughing on the side stage. The flights finally go out in the scene. I grab the couch and, you know, take it off. And he, and there were, people were just like, guess you'll learn. Never say the M word on stage. I was like, okay, um, I'm not going to say I'm fully superstitious now. But, but that I am was, a little stitious. I am a little stitious. It's a heck of a coincidence. Um, probably another bad one is I got a... Uh, our dear friend Brett Smith, we did Guys and Dolls together, and there is a scene that we're supposed to break out into a fight, and we had this beautifully choreographed fight, because we're both WWE fans, beautifully choreographed fight. Well, on the night they filmed it, he actually punches me in the face, mm. full force, punches me in the face. He was just getting into it, and we, of course, had already, you know, we grew up basement wrestling for our titles, our Walmart titles. And so we were just getting into it. This thing that we had already done three performances before. But he just rears back and he knocks me in the face so hard that it just, I stop. And he's standing there staring at me and I'm staring there standing at him and I'm just like, what's next? (laughs) And we're just standing there as if like nothing's happening around us. There's a fight happening in Havana around us and we're just stood there just staring at each other. I didn't break character. I'm still like an angry guest at the cafe, but I was just, what? He punched me in the face, like hard. And it just completely threw me for a loop. When I was like, Gaston accidentally kicked the beast right in the... <sighs> the castanas? Yeah. Ooh. It's true. Yeah, yeah, his face, you know, he had the little beast mask on, but I could see a little bit behind it, and his face was turning red. I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do it. How about the time that my sword exploded on stage? That was Romeo and Juliet, wasn't it? Yeah, I was playing Tybalt and Romeo and Juliet, and I didn't really want to play Tybalt, but... You wanted to be Romeo, I know. Tybalt got all the best fights. Yes. He he got the most fights. Everybody loves a good bad guy. And we got, we were like trained on choreography and everything. We spent weeks doing that. It was so much fun. I remember a lot of it today. We got to actually have fencing matches together and things. But in the middle of a show, we're having our our fight. I'm fighting Romeo. And we do this move where we kind of lock our swords together and we spin them a little bit. Like you would a lightsaber. Sort of, yeah. And so we do that, 
and all of a sudden I'm in the sword. You got to understand this is like an old, you know, fencing sword. So there's like a, a rapier. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a very thin handle that you hold. And then there's mm-hmm. what they call the bell that sits on top of it yes. and it guards your hand. And then there's the, the blade, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like three parts. So my sword starts to kind of loosen a lot. And I'm like, oh, no, what's happening? The next thing I know, the blade and the little guard go flying off the handle to the back of the theater and hit the back curtain. It could have gone out into the audience, which is which is which would have been terrible. And our fencing instructor was out in the audience that night and I saw him in my peripheral stand up when the sword breaks and I'm left standing there holding the handle to my sword and I'm thinking, what do I do now? We're halfway through the fight. I'm supposed to die. So I just look at Romeo and like I'm holding the handle in my hand and I'm like, oh, like I'm angry. How dare you break my sword, Romeo? And he just goes, uh, and he just reaches over and stabs me right there. So I died like on the other side of the stage. I was Earlier than you were supposed but, to. But oh my gosh, that could have gone so, oh, man. so Bad, like I mean, that could have given a uh, whole new meaning to eye popping experience for the audience. You better believe. <laughs> so, um, another uh, fun thing that has, when I say fun, horrible thing that has happened is um, the most recent time we did Wizard of Oz. You know, when we're before we're about to, s- no, we just ended Jitterbug. The monkeys are about to attack, and. No, it's when the, you know, it's actually when the Jitterbugs come out. One was supposed to run and spin Steven as the Tin Man, and they spun him so hard, and he just went barreling back towards the backdrop, <laughs> and I had to catch him. I had the next line. But he came barreling at that backdrop like, <laughs> like we were in some Charlie Chaplin cartoon okay. or something, and I catch him, and he just looks at me with this Steven look like, oh my gosh, just... You could tell he had broken too, and he just looked at me with. Stephen was looking at me, not the Tin Man. And immediately Tyler's like, <laughs> giddy. It's just like, I'm supposed to have the next line, and we're just staring at each other, just sort of don't know what to do then. Yeah. And I've got two more from Wizard of Oz. One, it's very short. Um, shortly after that, the monkeys attack us, correct? And one of the monkeys that are supposed to step on me and pull my hay out was Shavam, our dear friend Shavam. Mm-hmm. One night he stepped so hard on my diaphragm that I verbally could hear myself in the monitor go, It's <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine being in the audience. <laughs> How did that go again? And you're not seeing the scarecrow go, <laughs> You just hear it over the monitor beside you. You're just like, I can't tell which character did that. <laughs> but like, and after we got out, he's like, I'm so sorry. I stepped so hard. I went, yeah. It's happened. You did. But hey, it delivered. <laughs> you know. Theater is a rough business. <laughs> it is. Um, but probably one of the most memorable. And I know the last time we already talked about you breaking me for the first time on stage. But <laughs> we did the first, the first time we did Wizard of Oz. And you were Tim Man. I was lying. Mm-hmm. And we always started Act 2 coming through the audience yeah as if we were coming down the Olympic road to the doors of oz yeah well what happened there was a mistake in the entract correct so the music director didn't know that we were ready that we yeah. were standing out there waiting on him to end the music so he mm-hmm. just kept vamping and i'm yeah. thinking man this music is going on for a yeah. long time yeah and it's pitch dark yeah i mean the lights are out because the light person's also waiting for 
da 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 da. Sure. But we're just not getting to it. And but our mics are on, and so there's this awkward moment, dead waiting, silence, waiting. And then finally he ends it, and you just hear my lion voice go, "Are we on?" You you said. <laughs> Hey guys, hey guys, are we on? Because you stayed in character. Yeah, so I'm in character the whole time, um, which I've been known to be like shortly after the costume's on, even if we're in the green room, even if I'm in my costume ordering pizza on the phone, I'm in character the minute the costume's on. Um, so I just. You're far more dedicated than but I But you hear. Through the monitor, and it's on the DVD. Is it really? It is. It's oh, on the DVD. No. You just hear, "Hey guys, hey, are we on?" Did they? Did they also get the night that when I the Tin Man yes. flies and they pull me the wrong way, and yes. I go, "Hey guys, now I'm going this now way. I'm Come going get me this way." <laughs> Everything went wrong the night the camera was on. Well, I've got one last story. Okay, and this is one with a very happy ending. I like it. So I was the assistant director for The Lion King Jr. several years ago. I remember that. We had our final show. It was the kids' show and everything. So there was always a pretty packed house because people wanted to come see their kids or their nephews. You know, I whatever. saw it this night. This is the night oh, I saw okay. it. So the power goes out mm-hmm. in the middle of... It's right when uh, little baby Simba becomes older Simba and uh, they're doing Akuna Matata and stuff. And the power goes out. <laughs> And the kids kept going because they're pros. I taught them well. Yes. Uh, but they kept going, and our managing director kind of walked out and said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause the show until we figure out what's going on. And they took a, a little break, and the it wasn't going to happen. The power was not going to come back on. So what we did, it was daytime. Mm-hmm. So we propped open the doors to the side of the theater. Mm-hmm. The director, Micah Shane, and I rolled a piano out to the side of the stage. We turned our phone lights on. He and I improved the music on the piano. We looked up like the chords and we just sort of made it up. He and I did. And we asked the audience members to hold up their phones and shine their lights on the stage. And we finished the show. And you know what? It was the best show that those kids did Mm -hmm. of The Lion King. You know, that it was just a special moment. That's something that I think they'll remember forever that, you know, you don't have to have the fancy lights or the sound or, or any of that stuff. You, know, you well, just I mean, need a good story and, and even tell it in a believable way. I was just an way. audience member. I still tell that story to people who have never heard it. I'm like, well, I saw a, I was an audience member, and I tell this. One time I saw a version of Lion King. The lights went out yep. for their junior show, and they improved. And it and was great. It was beautiful. And it was this awesome moment of, uh, and this is a weird comparison, but like, remember when Bray Wyatt first start, came out in WWE? That moment where the lights will go out and everyone's phones will come up to be the fireflies. Yeah. Just that initial when that started. Like, I was looking around like, okay, I'll turn mine on because people were starting to do it. And mm-hmm. it just, it was cool. It was like live outdoor theater to fireflies. It was just really awesome. Um but we may have to do an Act 3 next season. At this point, man. There's... We have so many stories. And I'm starting to recall tons and tons more. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't... we'll have to do Act 3. Some shows are three acts. So maybe we'll get it all done in Act 3. <laughs> um, so um, back to the theater nerds. Who who would you say, just like a superhero has an arch enemy, what is the one type of theater nerd that you just, there's no getting along with? Because it just clashes with what you are. Diva. The diva? 
I cannot get along with the diva. The diva who um, is rude to everyone, you know, when they're in a hurry to get to the stage and they run by and they say, get out of my way, get out of my way. That's no way to be. I, I, I can't tolerate that. Uh, questioning the notes that you're given and, and arguing with the director, it's totally unprofessional. I can't, I can't yeah. do that. And if you're the person who comes in and, you know, you're starting a lot of drama that, yes. you know, and I don't mean, you know, obviously we're there for drama, but yeah. not this Keep type of drama, drama on the know. stage. So that's, okay. that's what I don't like. I would have to say mine's probably the critic. I just can't. I just like, sometimes I'm just like, I don't care if they didn't laugh at your joke, dude. Like, or this audience is dead. No, they just didn't laugh at your joke that normal audiences do. Oh, gosh, this this is not working right. Or why did they give me... I can't do it with the critic. Because I'm just like, is nothing ever good enough? Mm-hmm. Like, smile, you know? Um... Because I've even with the divas, while being annoyed, I've had good moments with some divas. But I've never had good moments with a a critic theater nerd. Mm. They're just, they are like the Joker to my Batman. <laughs> or vice versa. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, um, have you ever had anybody just, just, I'm, I'm kind of deriving from the note, but have you ever had anybody just poor etiquette, just like, that just blows you away? A cast fellow cast member that's just blown you away. I don't think so, to that's be good. honest with you. Not that I can think of. I've been pretty annoyed. And I mean, most of the time, we communicate with one another. Um, if either one of us is doing a show and something annoying happens at that rehearsal, we've we've probably texted about it. Yeah. We've probably called each other, venting after the rehearsal. So um, I would have to say we've been pretty fortunate not... I wouldn't say that I, I'm as fortunate as you. I know that I have vented to you a lot the past year <laughs> about different theater nerds. Yeah. So uh, I cannot say I'm as fortunate, but luckily nothing has just ruined it. Well, it's also true that I'm retired, so Jeez. I'm not having any of those experiences anyway. That's true. Because I'm retired. I am. Okay. I am. Okay. So, um,. I thought it would be fun to end this, and I didn't put it in the notes on purpose so that you didn't know it was coming. Um, how many Broadway shows have you seen? Oh. On Broadway and Broadway tour, because just because it was in Chicago doesn't mean it's not, That's the Broadway tour cast. Okay. So, um, how many Broadways and shows have you seen, and can you name them? In I think so. Uh, I really... Oh, maybe not. Let's see. The Lion King... Phantom of the Opera, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Date Night, first, no, First Date is, is the name of it. I saw a play, Waiting for Godot, with Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. Oh my gosh, we know, you've heard, you, he saw, touched your tattoo. You asked, you asked, <laughs> you asked the question. Um, I actually saw Mamma Mia tour. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, not so much. <laughs> okay. Uh, got to see Sweeney Todd. We saw Mary Poppins. And we saw Mary Poppins. There's probably more, mm. but I can't remember. I've seen Cats. That was my first one. I was in fifth grade. Did not know what what was going on. 
because I was 11. People who saw the movie didn't know what was going yeah. on, too, yeah. from what I um, hear. I saw Cats, um, Fiddler on the Roof, Phantom of the Opera, Producers, Rent, We Saw Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. School of Rock, which was awesome, Waitress, Wicked, Moulin Rouge, most recent. I think that's it. Ten. I'm sure there's been others that I just don't recall. So, um, if you all have any etiquette horror stories, if you are a theater nerd out there and you're listening, um, or if you're not a theater nerd and you've had a horror story involving a theater nerd, please let us know in the comments. uh, Email us, tweet us. Facebook us. Uh, we're all over the social media there. And tell us about the times you forgot your lines or your lyrics. Yes. Make me feel better. Yeah. Make us feel better about ourselves. Um, that's about it for this act. I definitely think that we have stirred up enough in my head to where I could make notes for a third one. Okay. Maybe a fourth one. We might fully picture of Dorian Gray this thing. Oh, holy cow. Just keep adding stuff. Well, I'd love to, to talk also <laughs> about like what drew us to theater yeah. and why we loved it so much and all the great things that we've learned from it. Because really, I think uh, there's nothing, nothing beats the experience that one can have in the theater. And mm-hmm. the amount that one can learn, it's just infinite. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, I get involved. Act three. Get involved somehow. Even if... Even if one night for your local community theater, you work the box office. Start there. I would start with ushering. Box office is pretty stressful. That's true. Ushering so come can usher. be fun. It's real yeah. easy. Usher is fun. Uh, so, I mean, like we said, there'll be an act three. So why don't we take another intermission from theater nerds and stop it right here Sounds with act good. two. Sounds good. Because um, we could talk hours about the theater. But next week, I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, next week, we are into February, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, we have uh, been doing some studying on uh, this past decade's top-selling video games. Ooh. And this will give a little hint. Uh, next next week's title is called The Decade of the War Games. And we're going to count down the top 20 highest-selling games of the last decade. Not last year, the whole decade. 2000 to 2009. We was like the decade of the rock band. This has been the decade of the war games. It's kind of scary. A little bit. Kind of scary. But we're going to discuss it. uh, Because um, we don't talk enough about video games. We don't. And we've been playing a lot more lately than I usually do, and yeah. I've gotten in a, a mood to talk video games. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about the top 20 video games of the last decade. If you have guesses, send them in. Do it. Send us your favorite video games for next week, because I have quite a few favorites that did not make this top 20. <laughs> oh, I feel yeah. Sh- I feel like they got the shaft. Yeah. I, it's just, I didn't play most of these. I didn't either. And it was a shock. I was like, but my my normal, like, what I spend video games on, you know, they they are in the top 20. But this past decade, I had nothing to do with most of these titles. Mm-hmm, nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
Uh, very excited about that. And we've got something cool coming up in March that we're tossing around the idea with. We might be talking a little bit about it with some of our Patreon supporters, uh, which uh, this idea comes way of one of them. Um, so if you want to be a Patreon supporter, um, you are entitled when you become a patron. Uh, you get behind-the-scenes stuff, sneak peeks of our schedule, a good three weeks before that month even hits, um, swag whenever we have it. We um, might maybe be dropping a little uh, yes. behind-the-scenes sneak peek at our project that we yes. were working on with Freddy, with Freddy Cat Productions last week. That weekend. would be great. That'd so. be fantastic. It'd make me want to be a patron. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, you get to uh, listen to our past episodes of Mandalorian Monday if you're a Patreon supporter. And we've got something in the works for more Patreon RSS feed stuff. Uh, so please um, give us a, give us give us a chance. Give us a chance. Be a patron. We'll take make a chance happy. on me. Take a chance. Take a chance. Take a take a chance. Chance, as they say. Very good. So. Um, I've enjoyed this. I love the theater, man. Yeah. I'm probably going to go home and start notes on Act 3 for next year. Lots of, lots of good memories, good experiences, mm. friendships that still oh, yeah. going strong. Yeah, yeah. It's um, been a big part of our friendship for really a long, has. long time. Yeah. Even though I have stepped away from that world for the foreseeable future. Insert eye roll sound effect. I don't think you can hear an eye roll. <laughs> Uh, good. Yeah. So, you nerds, however, again, please let us know if you were a theater nerd out there and you have any stories. Send them to us. We'd love to share that. Uh, but I guess we'll, uh, see you on the flip side. We will catch you nerds later. I verbally could hear myself in the monitor go, huh. <laughs> You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a next wave podcast and a bad cast company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andnerdypod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks.